0: The wealth of this world isn't in the ground. It's all around us. The Na'vi know that, and they are fighting to defend it. If you want to share this world with them, you need to understand them. Avatar. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing.
1: Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. March is a new month, which means a new series, and we're getting back to some of the how-tos of writing and not necessarily being a writer, which we've covered quite a bit in the last couple of months. This month, we're talking specifically about emotions.
0: We have covered broad emotions in the past. We had a whole bonus episode on it in one of our first months of this podcast several years ago now. So we wanted to get into the more niche episodes and how to accurately portray them in a written form. Writing emotions is really difficult because to do it correctly, you can only go off of what someone looks like if it's the point of view observing emotions in someone else or what that emotion is doing to the point of view character in their bodies.
1: Now, obviously, there are a kajillion emotions out there, and we only have like 10 episodes this month. So we narrowed it down with a couple of ways. One is something that is either unused or underutilized, and especially in new and aspiring authors, mostly because people don't know how to portray this character and make them interesting if they're having this particular emotion. We also wanted to get into some emotions that are often misused and
0: incorrectly portrayed in how characters experience them or when they
1: experience those emotions. And then the last category that some of these episodes this month will fall into are the ones that we understand, but we struggle with portraying somehow. We wanted to be able to convey types of things that are a little harder to achieve, but when you do, your writing really starts to sing. It's pretty common to see what's called the emotion wheel. It's like a color wheel, but
0: for emotions, and it continues to break down into smaller and smaller, more
1: specific and niche emotions the further you go out in this wheel. So the first emotion that we wanted to touch on is reverence. This falls into the misused category. A lot of authors are more inclined to write an irreverent character, especially if there are deities and those kind of characters in your story. It's very easy to just make them go, screw all of the gods. And on the flow side, it's very easy if you do write a,
0: quote, reverent character to make them stereotypical characters who are goody two-shoes and not actually very interesting just because they hold something in reverence.
1: I feel like Aragorn is a really good example of this, and I feel like he's portrayed well in both the movies and the books in how he has this reverence and something kind of like affection for these people he respects very much.
0: So like Aragorn, if you use this emotion, this reverent emotion correctly, it adds depth to your world because it doesn't have to be a real god. It doesn't even have to be a god in your setting. They can just have a reverence towards the people around them, towards maybe celebrities or something. It provides a basis of strength for that character moving forward and opens up a lot of opportunities for your world building.
1: If you as the author don't provide that reverent character, the hero who is naturally irreverent anyway is going to be less so because we don't have that juxtaposition. So when you're sitting down to write a reverent scene or a reverent character, we have a bunch of synonyms, so it doesn't feel like you're saying reverent over and over again, that might help fuel that imagination and get things going in the right direction.
0: Some of the synonyms include
1: awe, amazement, or captivation. If it's more of a faith-based or an ideals-based, then it would be to idolize or idealize or possibly to venerate. And then on a smaller scale, it can simply be a curiosity. Some of the antonyms, so the things that your other characters can do to be irreverent, would be using words like indifference or boredom or possibly apathy toward whatever it is that your reverent character is reverent toward.
0: The root emotion of reverence is faith. And I know that's a weird thing to call an emotion, but it really is, if you have faith in anything, it is a feeling and it it's an emotion that you experience in regards to something. So to be reverent, you have to have that root of faith in something.
1: We're not necessarily talking about just gods here. We are talking about the ideals behind the company that your character works for, or possibly a celebrity or a political party, these concepts that they have deep respect for and they often align with as far as their moral compass. And that's the root of it. It is far deeper than just the psyche.
0: It goes further than just thinking this thing is interesting or thinking this thing is good. It is feeling and experiencing
1: the thing as something important to be revered. So when you're writing this character, I don't want you to write them as high energy. Your reverent moments tend to be low energy, but high impact, which sounds like a weird thing to say. But if you think about those emotions, this is when it's all coming to a head and everything ends up being very still, very calm, because that aligns with respectful.
0: When I think of reverence in fiction, I tend to think of Lord of the Rings when Aragorn is in Rivendell and he's looking at the broken sword, Narsil, and this music is laid down and it is a very calm moment, but you can feel the significance of this sword and you can feel the significance of what it means specifically to Aragorn you feel that this has some massive importance because he is so reverent towards it in that moment. It is this very low
1: energy but high impact moment. So as we talk about writing reverence, that moment of reverence will have some precursors. To set this up is really good to contrast it with a
0: moment of high excitement right before maybe a battle scene, and everything is just rough and gritty and bloody, and then you have that moment. Someone is stepping forward to take on the boss, and everything just kind of slows down. It stills for just a moment so that you can set up for what's coming.
1: If it's a reverent moment as compared to a reverent character... Often your characters are changing locations and the new location is a sacred place. Like in our opener, we talked about Avatar and how the Na'vi have respect for the place. Same with your characters walking into a temple or the site of a great battle, maybe. Or even looking at the Grand Canyon for the first time.
0: When you are going into these moments of reverence, It needs to be part of the storytelling and the plot. What is so important that everyone needs to slow down and be reverent in this moment? And how do you represent that? Sometimes you will need to describe this moment, this reverence, in a different character. So to set that up, to have your point of view character notice it in someone else, then you're going to have it present in some kind of external way. And that is often going to be viewed as an adoration or love for something. Or on the extreme side, it is going to be represented as some kind of a preachiness moment, which neither of us are a fan of, but it happens.
1: You can have this character telling the main character, hey, you need to be kneeling right now. That falls under the preachiness. It's showing that the character who's giving that order is trying to be reverent, trying to be respectful. Your point of view character may or may not kneel. That's up to him. Either way, when you have a character, even if it's not your main character, in your story who is a reverent kind of character, your cleric in the D&D group, they will be instructing the other characters, whether they ask for it or not. They're often telling stories about their gods or about history or whatever it is that they're reverent of in order to show respect and convince others possibly to show respect as well.
0: When you are showing this reverence, it can be a moment where that reverent character will hush another character. So they step into somewhere and the main character is still continuing on the conversation, but this reverent character recognizes this place that they just stepped into is some sort of spiritual significance. And they go,
1: shh, hold on. Another way to portray this in your story is to have a moment of reverence and worship from that character and then have two other characters who don't venerate the same god or whatever look on. So the group walks by and sees a dead body and the cleric character goes through funeral rites in order to put this body's spirit at peace and such. The newbie is like, what is he up to? So the rest of the group can be talking about what the other guy is doing. This is a great world-building thing and ability to show reverence from your reverent character.
0: One of the things you'll want to do as you are setting up reverence in your story, whether it's the characters or the settings, is to tie it in with the world-building. Make specific cultural experiences that represent what certain things mean to certain people. So it can be rites of passages, it can be funerals or weddings, Even simple things such as thanking a creature before you kill it for food. This is something that if done well, you can show across cultures. Other people will identify and notice those moments where a character is experiencing a moment of reverence for their culture.
1: So I would highly encourage you to look at your cast in your current work in progress and figure out which one is the most reverent, which one's the most respectful of things more powerful than them, the most respectful of cultures and rites of passages, these kinds of things. Doesn't have to be your main character, but you also don't have to treat them like the cliche, I know better holier than thou kind of character either. Having a deep, calm reverence can be a fascinating facet for your characters and for your story and for your world building. But make sure that you write selfishly.
0: If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots@aspenhousepublishing.com or
1: find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.